Hello, everybody. Welcome to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. My name is Adam Homey. I am your host, and I am honored by your wise decision to tune in and join us today. As the name says, we are business creators. We have our entrepreneurs, small business owners, and local business owners. We have our marketing and we have our marketing and business coaches, consultants, and mentors. We have the business creators who like to help others grow and nurture their businesses. And on the other side of that coin, we have the do-it-yourselfers who like to have their own hands on the levers as they market and grow. Many of our listeners fall into all four of those categories. If any of this resonates with you, be sure to take a moment, check out our previous and our upcoming episodes at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com where we help you win at the game of business and marketing. Also, subscribe to us on iTunes. Every five-star rating is greatly appreciated. It helps us help more business creators just like you. Plus, when you subscribe, over 185 episodes on a wide variety of topics will be available for your immediate perusal, and you will get fresh content every single week. Now, today, this is an episode we've been looking forward to for a long time. I have wanted to have this gentleman on the Business Creators Radio Show almost since we launched it, and we've been campaigning for about the past six months to get him to sit down with us because he is literally all over the world with his message, and we are so honored that we were able to get him together with us today. Uh, some of you have heard of him. His name is Tony Rubleski. He is the founder of Mind Capture, and today we're going to talk about leadership lessons from 10 trailblazers who beat the odds and influence millions. Tony, how are you doing today? Adam, I'm here, man, excited. So uh, good to be on board, and thank you for being persistent. That is something that we'll talk about in the interview. And, you know, we talked before we hit record here. It's uh, We're friends first. It's just yes. I've been on a crazy road in life schedule, as you know. So <laughs> thank you for the invitation. Well, you know, the good things come to those who wait is one thing I like to say. And another thing I'll point out is, you know, you and I have gone back a long way. Uh, you honored me with the opportunity to speak at one of your Mind Capture events. It was one of the great speaking engagements of my career. And I'm happy to have the opportunity to reciprocate in at least a small way having you on the Business Creators Radio Show. So what we're awesome. going to do like now I said, is excited. Very excited to be here. Absolutely. So, um so, uh, and not only am I excited, not only are you excited, but some of our listeners may hear one of my cats meowing in the background because she's pretty excited, <laughs> too. And listeners of the Business Creators Radio Show know that uh, the princesses run around. If they want to meow, if they want to jump around, they work here and they're allowed to do so. Some people say, put your pets in the other room and you're recording. I say, they're not pets. I'm the pet because <laughs> I understand there why you I'm the uh, continuum of things. So, uh, so anyway, getting back to you, uh, what we're going to do here is we're going to you're going to share the official bio of Tony Robleski, and then we're going to ask him another question. So let's get started. Tony Robleski is currently the president of Mind Capture Group. His message is designed to help people capture more minds and profits. He is an in-demand speaker who's given hundreds of presentations in the past decade. A strategic business coach and global event promoter with over 20-plus years of experience in the personal development industry. His second book in the Mind Capture series went number one in three different business categories with Amazon and received stunning reviews from a wide range of leaders in marketing, sales, psychology, to academia, and multiple New York Times bestselling authors. 
book number four in the series, which is titled Just Like Today's Show, Leadership Lessons from Ten Trailblazers Who Beat the Odds and Influence Millions, will re-release later in 2017 on a global scale with New York publisher Morgan James. Tony's work has been featured in various media outlets ranging from Toastmasters International Magazine, the Detroit Free Press, the Fox TV Network, ABC, CNN Radio, NPR, and Entrepreneur Magazine Radio. In addition, he has also served as a faculty member with both the U.S. Chamber, excuse me, Chamber of Commerce and CEO Space International. So that's the official version. And as our listeners know, what we like to do is we like to invite our guest experts to share a little bit in their own words about their journey and what brings them to the intersection of their brilliance and passion serving business creators in the way they do today. So, Tony, before we dive in, we'd like to ask you that question as well. Well, Adam, it's a great question. And um, here's my immediate gut reaction. I love teaching and I love to help people. And it sounds a little nebulous, but for me, it's how do you stand out and capture attention in a nine-second soundbite world? So it could be me working with a group. Tomorrow I speak for a group here in Spokane, Washington. There will be nonprofit leaders in the room, CEOs, entrepreneurs, uh, folks in middle management. But every one of them is trying to, to have that battle to get their idea heard or get what I call mind capture. So the last 12 years on this unique journey, I've written several books, as you mentioned in the introduction. The core thing I like to remind people is the best idea, the best service, product, um, campaign you've got, press release, if it doesn't get attention quickly, the battle is lost right there. So it's fun for me when I see people that are receptive to have a light bulb go off, where I can light a match in their mind and they go, wow, um, I get it. I, I have a better shot now. I know who to target and how to get their attention or have a better chance at it. So the teaching and sharing um, I wake up every day, as you know, Adam, and, and just I'm grateful for what I do, and people actually pay me for it. So there's a double win. How's that? That sounds fantastic. And what I love about what we're going to share today is it has an evergreen feel to it. Uh, some people are listening when we go live here um, on this beautiful April day in 2017. Some people may be listening a week from now on iTunes. And mm -hmm. there may be folks who pick this up 25 years from now when they're going through the archives of the business creators movement and found that day when Adam Homie and Tony Robleski sat down and had a conversation. Regardless of when you're listening, what I love about the structure of this topic is it really applies to any situation and allows the person to assign their own meaning to it so they can gain a lot from it. So the first thing we want to ask is, in the age of questionable behavior by leaders, a timeless topic, what did 10 unique leaders do different to follow their passion despite heavy criticism to achieve success and positively influence millions of people? Two things, Adam. They had to beat their own biggest enemy, which is their own voice inside their head, doubt. Napoleon Hill talked about it in the classic book, Think and Grow Rich. This is nothing new. Every one of us listening, including you and I, at moments have doubt. Yes. That's the first thing that these trailblazers possess in a larger, big-picture view. <clears throat> the second thing is you have to be, as a trailblazer, which those that are listening, we all have these trailblazer skills, which we'll talk about, is you've got to be able to handle the critics and move forward. And the critics are all around you. They could be people that are close to you. They could be family, relatives. Oftentimes, those are the biggest and most difficult ones because they have such influence on our lives. But also, right. there's industry critics. There's competitive critics. <clears throat> there are those 
that say, hey, you can never do this. And what's fascinating is we dive into our time today with your audience, wherever you, wherever you might be listening. I first of all want to thank you for your time. The, the, the most valuable thing we have is time, and I believe the second thing is the gift of attention. I call it mind capture. So if we do our job well today, Adam, people walk away with one or two ideas from this conversation, this interview in time, real time, next week or 10 years from now, as you said, and they go, damn, that guy didn't waste my time. It was interesting, and I got one or two things that can help me. So those are the big two, you know, that in this age of questionable behavior, we're all human. We're all going to make mistakes. But those two to me, I speak from my own experience first. That's the only lens I can draw, but also from these people I've studied, interviewed, and really dissected in this new book about what are these, these traits of these trailblazers, these leaders that they share that we can learn and also grow from. Yeah, and, you know, I've – discussed in my own writings a number of variables that kind of parallel this in a way, one of which Mm -hmm. is that, you know, people say, you want the truth? And I say, there's no such thing as the truth. And the reason I say that, not that there are not facts, not that there's not something that is valid or something that is real, but every human being approaches any situation or any set of facts or any set of circumstances and views it through the prism of their own unique experiences and that have formed their worldview that nobody else in the world shares, which is why you have, for instance, criminal trials. If there was a such thing as the truth, it was absolutely a fact, we wouldn't need trials because you just know. Uh, you wouldn't need <laughs> That's a very good point. You just very know. good point. Yeah. And uh, and so when you look at things like that and you look at what you might call questionable behavior, one of my reactions is uh, question by whom and for what reason. Uh, sometimes you have to look at the circumstances and you recognize that maybe it was really something different than it looked like on the surface or it's something different than what somebody tried to say in some meme they shared on Facebook that somebody else gave them. So sometimes it helps to really look at the situations and the two points you bring up I think are very important. So going a little bit deeper before we get more specific here is, uh, Tony, you've written a whole bunch of books, and what drove you to write this book? It, it's, it's a very long answer. Here's the shortest version I can give the audience um, All right. to pull some value. A coach, one of the coaches that I work with. And, Adam, you coach people. I coach people. You know, some people say it's a client relationship. How are you to find it? But one of my coaches at the time, um, Jim Palmer, um, we were having a phone call a few years back, and you know we we're talking about what's the next direction of the next book. And he, he, I said, you know, kind of offhand, I do all these interviews. He goes, Tony, you're sitting on a gold mine of these interviews. What can you do to go out and reshare those interviews and repackage it where people can get some value? So I will definitely give Jim, um, who you and I both know very well, a lot of credit. So I, if he's listening yeah. in, thank you. I, I put him right in the new book. I said, Jim, thank you so much. It was on a phone call in August a couple years ago. So that yeah. was sort of the initial genesis. And I had a different direction where I was going to go. But, you know, the books I've written all fall under this mind capture brand. So there's a couple marketing lessons I want to throw down for everybody around the world right now that's listening, okay? I was taught many years ago from Dan Kennedy and the Chicken Soup for the Soul guys, Mark Victor Hansen and Jack Canfield directly in their seminars and the phone calls, build a brand. And stick with the brand because you'll probably be known for maybe one thing if you want to make a name or a niche. 
and stick to it. So all the books I've written, this is book four in the series. You know, I'm actually writing ahead right now book five, which will come out probably in 18 or 19. I'm always working a book ahead. So there's another little aha. Right. But the Mind Capture brand has gone through the first couple books were all about marketing sales, a lot of blocking, tackling, how do you get customers, how do you keep them, how do you get referrals, real essential nuts and bolts at that marker in time that I love to do and I still love to do. The third book in the series, before we get to this one here, <clears throat> just giving you the progression of the writing in the mindset, was all about mindset. So the third book in the series that came out in 2011 uh, was all about really motivation, mindset, how do you, how do you sharpen the mind. Because I thought, you know what, there's a huge gap I see with entrepreneurs when I wrote that at that time is I can teach them 101 ways to get a customer, how to get a referral. But if they don't believe, they won't implement, or they won't build their business or build it because they don't know how to ask for referrals. They don't, they don't have the belief. <clears throat> so the third book was all about belief under the Mind Capture brand. This new book, I think it's fair if people look at it. I have fans that have read all my stuff say, wow, there's an evolution here. You keep going into different areas, but they do have intersection points. This is really about that elusive topic known as leadership. So it is really an offshoot of, of motivation and mindset, but leadership never goes out of style. Everyone is searching for in their organization. We all want to be leaders, or some of the folks listening, Adam, are leaders in training right now. They don't know it. They might say, you know what, I'm not in management. I'm not a leader. Well, there will come a day if you're on this personal development growth path that you will likely move into leadership. So this topic Leadership, I call them trailblazers, okay? It's not only always in demand, everyone's going through different progression points of leadership, whether they know it or not, or they know by title that they want to lead. It's, it's a very, very important topic. In addition, my curiosity to learn from the best in the world, it's another great book because it, I can share this information. I can disseminate these probably over 80 to 100 interviews I've done now I lost, lost track because we're re-recording pretty heavily again the last couple of years since the book originally published. Is we're cranking a lot of interviews. But I said, look, these trailblazers have a lot of wisdom to share. And again, going back to the original point of your question, you know, the, the whole prompting of this direction of the book and the theme and the title came from that coaching call. And then, boom, I had to take action. I had to do a lot of homework. Believe me, Adam, when you're going through 80 to 90 interviews and pulling out your top 10, and then you've got to integrate, you've got to re-listen, you've got to draw. Uh, via inductive reasoning, what are the characteristics they share? It was worth it, though. Absolutely worth right. it. And I'm grateful that the book, you know, another aha for your audience. I self-publish now first, then we shop the book around. And there's a variety of reasons that maybe we'll, we'll talk at another call at some point down the road. But I want to test it with my best fans and clients first, get revisions, then we move it to New York. And say, how do we want to market this on a more broader global scale? So there's a few ahas that I've thrown down there for anyone listening. Wow. I mean, we're barely 15 minutes into this already, and it's like you've given us a master class. What I'd like to do here now is you mentioned that you interviewed over 80 people, and you uh, had to sort of winnow it down a little bit, if I heard you correctly. And you selected mm -hmm. a very diverse group of trailblazers to interview and feature in the book, ranging from religion, sports, the business, and the media. So with all the interviews you did and how you wanted to bring the book together, how did you choose the Trailblazers you featured? Uh, first and foremost, I had to be a fan of their work or be curious about their work. So it had to be a preference point for me to actually kind of like what they do in their message. So, yeah, absolutely. If I'm going to spend time 
um, and resources and a lot of homework to do my interviews, I want to make sure that I, I believe and like their work. The other thing too, Adam, um, I didn't want to just feature only sales and marketing people or motivation industry only. As you know, there's some people in there that are very eclectic. You know, John Stossel from Fox Television. He was with ABC for a number of years. That guy has a huge weekly and nightly audience with his television show. Even yeah. in the age of fragmented media and Netflix, Stossel's got 10 million viewers. So I was right. fortunate and very blessed to get some big names. And that, those, those are stories behind stories for another day. But to get these people to let me interview them was like not only an honor, but I record them, similar to what we're doing. So I share it out with people and clients, and now in the book format, we can share it across Kindle and print and other formats, other forms of media. And religion, we're all creatures of, of, of not only habit, but we all have different hobbies and interests, not just business. We have life. We have family. We have kids. We have goals. We have hobbies. We have maybe faith. I'm not afraid to put in one of the trailblazers who's very controversial, but yet um, that's, that's a common trait of trailblazers, W.M. Paul Young. I uh, wrote a book called The Shack. It just recently became a major motion picture. Um, that was one of the more profound interviews I've ever done. And I said, you know what? We're going to go broad. We're not going to just narrow it down and, and really silo down. We want people of all different walks of life in different quarters of the economy and areas of influence or, or leadership or trailblazers. Then we're going to pull them down in these 10. And we're going to find these key characteristics that I know we're going to talk about today. I want to tease the audience. I found seven key things they all share, regardless if they're religious focused, if they're a head coach of an NHL Stanley Cup team, or if they're a business leader like Brian Tracy or someone on television like John Stossel. I right. poured down seven key things. Here's the good news for all of us listening. Many of these seven traits, these characteristics, we have them. Some of us use them more than others. Some of us have a couple that we need to focus on. But these trailblazers are human. They're no exalted status. They're not any better than you and I, Adam. Why they're more successful overall is they have certain things they do continuously. And we'll talk about that. So to me, when I'm teaching this and doing keynotes last year heavily with this book all over the world, speaking from Canada to Mexico on this topic and all points in between on stages, I like to tell the audience, especially those that are listening right now, giving us their time, that there is stuff you're going to pull from this you're going to go, aha, I'm already kind of doing that. Or you know what? I need to do more of that. So, again, we're all included here. And this is not because we're in an age where everyone gets a trophy for showing up. I don't mean that at all, Adam. Right. But this is core, core personal development skills to serve others at a higher level. And this is, to me, the gold of these seven characteristics. Right, exactly. So tell us more about those seven characteristics. Because um, you mentioned that uh, there were seven key characteristics that the trailblazers you've identified have in common. So what are we talking about, and why is this so important for our listeners today? Good question. Here I'm going to just quickly in respect to time, Adam, give the seven. I'm going to list them out. And, again, if someone's listening, they can stop their iPod or if they're in their car, be careful. Go back, and if you want to write these down, grab a pen right now. I'm warning you. Here we go. Number one, they have intense curiosity. Number two, the second characteristic of the seven, they have persistence. Three, they have vision. Four, they're lifelong learners. Five, they're problem solvers. Six, they focus on their strengths. And seven, they have thick skin. So let me run it back at you. The seven are one, intense curiosity. Number two, they are very persistent. Three, they have vision. Four, they're lifelong learners. Five, they're problem solvers. 
six, they focus on their strengths. In seven, they have very thick skin. Wow, yeah. Those are the seven. Uh, why I think it's relevant, I kind of just maybe answer it in the last question, but here's another mm-hmm. interpretation of that, that second part here. Um, leadership is in strong demand. And when people go through, if they read the book, and at the end of each chapter, I'm going to give a little plug here, I have a link where they can download the entire live interview that I recorded. Okay, So they can hear the full version of it. I give a cleft note version of the printed book. So they can go and hear the whole content. I pulled some highlights. But the point is simply this. Um, not only is the topic in huge demand, it's evergreen, as you said. Everyone needs to know this. But for me, stripping it down to seven key points, we learn in numbers. Um, we learn in pictures. We learn, some people listening learn via auditory. In NLP practice, neurolinguistic programming, there are kinesthetic learners that learn via motion activity. There are other yeah. learners that are visual that see it. And there are other auditory learners that hear it better. And all of us have a combination of those NLP triggers to learn best. But when you strip it down, you talk about numbers. Most human minds, it's known, and I've interviewed some of the best in the world to know this in my own studies, we learn in threes and sevens. And we learn by like three key characteristics or seven things you should know. Look at one of the best-selling books in the industry of all time in the personal development space, excuse me, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Stephen Covey. If you look at numerology, you look at biblical traditions, a lot of things come down to three and seven. So I also looked at historical reference. What's the best shot for someone that reads this to retain it? Put it into seven key characteristics. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Now, you may recall when I was at your mind capture event uh, going on three years ago, uh, very early in my presentation, I went out to the audience and I said the very last thing that anybody in this room needs or wants in their business is to be getting traffic to your website. And Mm -hmm. when I get up on stages and I say this, or I go on webinars and I say this, people look back at me like I have five heads and I just said the world was flat. But then if you recall my explanation, (laughs) going back to your point, you recall my explanation, I said we're not interested in traffic to our website because what is traffic? The reason I work from home. What is a website? Is that an about page, a sales page, a webinar registration page, a podcast page, a contact page, a privacy page? All of those things can be a website, and a website can be all of those things. But you mm-hmm. want to be focused on where you're sending people in order to gain the conversions you're looking for. So, therefore, instead of traffic to your website, well, we want our visitors who are pre-qualified, prepped, and pumped the three P's of website conversion. So there we go with the threes and the sevens. In fact, that's why I, designed, I came up with the three P's for the same reason. And I was thinking of biblical references because you have things happen in threes and three things happen mm-hmm. in sevens. So this is kind of a concept that's been around for a long time. Correct. Again, what I will tell a group, it could be on a webinar, it could be a live training, a keynote, is I'm in the reminding business, Adam. A lot of what I share, other speakers in the back of the room, and you've been at my events, go, some of this stuff's kind of simple, but yeah, it makes sense. I'm okay with that. I'm over the fact of trying to impress everybody with razzle-dazzle. Maybe in my 30s I did that. When I was an up-and-coming speaker and a writer, I was trying to make a name for myself. But as I get older, I'm in my mid-40s right now as we record this, I'm more about, hey, Let's make it about the listener, the audience that's there and giving me their time. That's the sacred thing of time. Then if I can hold their attention 
Then the third progression is they leave with one or two ideas or ahas that I've either sparked, reminded them of, or they go, ah, he said something I can build off of. Boom. That's all I want to do anymore as a teacher. And that's my opinion on it. You know, everyone's got an opinion on it. When I get 500 people in front of me, I will get 500 different evaluations if I ask them all one-to-one, what do you think? But the right. common core mission to drive a nail through the attention paradigm, I call it a two-by-four to their head, is they get something from me. Even if you don't like me, if you don't ever see me again, or if you buy a book and you're a raving fan, that you walk away and you go, this guy didn't waste my time. And you know what? Maybe didn't like him, but there was one thing I took. Then I've done my job. That's the core guiding is I teach now at this age of my life are those principles. Which is, in a different sense, the reason I tell audiences the last thing you need or want in your business is traffic to your website because that challenges yep. a very key paradigm. It's like, wait a minute. Isn't that kind of the whole point of online marketing, to get traffic to your website? <laughs> well, what I'm doing is I'm redefining our terms. Also, when I get yep. up on stage and I say, you know, uh, greed, maybe greed is good. And then we have a conversation about that, and people begin to realize that many of the things we do out of altruism stem from selfish or, let's use a different word, um, self-oriented reasons. But that's perfectly fine. Yep. Um, if somebody if somebody donates a ton of money so that they can get themselves out of a certain tax bracket so they can avoid paying taxes they don't want to pay, do hospitals still get filled in Kenya? The answer is yes. So mm-hmm. what's so bad about that? Yep. Well, and this is just fascinating because you and I are friends, and I've had you at my event uh, before, and we've I've seen you train, and we've we've talked, you know, the last few years, obviously. Um, like minds tend to think alike, but yet – Trailblazers or entrepreneurs are listening are also very unique. We're not all the same. That's the that's the goal, the beauty of it is that we respect each other's opinions and can agree to disagree without fighting. And that's right. such a huge thing that you don't see today because everyone gets polarized or PC to death, politically correct, well, or you might offend someone. There's a point of discretion in having tact. There's also being right. you and saying it's okay to be you. It's okay that we don't always align. And these, these 10 trailblazers in the book, you set them in a room. Boy, that'd be an interview to tape. Have a panel of these 10. And yeah. it'd be fascinating, but yet I would think they'd, they'd probably leave and go, you know what? Yeah, that's probably why we're all successful. Some of these, these characteristics, if not all of them, yeah. He's not just me. They would know it. They would sense it. They would see it. You know, right. those seven, if, you, if you're, again, you, you wrote them down, you went back and you listened to them a couple times, you listened to this interview a couple times. They're not really like, oh, my gosh, he, he found some earth-shattering characteristic that I didn't know about. The thing is, we all have to have what I call what Zig taught me, Zig Ziglar, the check up yeah. from the neck up, you know? And I go to seminars still to remind myself. I dive into my spiritual training, my goals every day. And, and people go, you're always positive. You're always happy. I am not. Adam, I have bad days, too. I have seasons of life that aren't always perfect. And sometimes reading my own stuff or going to somebody else's seminar gets me re-fired up because I'm giving out the best I can as a teacher and trainer. Then I have to be recharged. Everyone's got a cell phone battery in their mind called their motivation. It wears down to like like zero or 1%. And we all need that extra dose or that oomph. You know, 
I listen to other speakers. I listen to their podcasts. I go to big events. I go to little events. I host my own events. You know, that's how we met above and beyond. I had you at one of my events. Now we're on the yeah. seventh annual event. So it's fun to me because, A, I don't ever get bored, but I also know that I have seasons of life that are up and down, and I need to have people around me that are positive, that are similar, or, hey, remind me, hey, you're off. You need some help here. So this to me is just I live and eat and breathe persuasion, marketing, selling, and obviously today we're talking about leadership, okay? This to me is what I've given my life to and my passion. You know, that great chase is to teach and serve, and it comes under different umbrellas at different points in time on different topics, but they fall under that attention thing, and they're very positive in nature. Yeah, and, you know, this happened with one of my own clients very recently um, who felt that her business was crashing and burning before it even got a chance to get off the ground, that she had just invested six figures and gotten absolutely nothing for it. And then next thing you know is she notices that somebody who had been on her mailing list all of a sudden started sending a newsletter that was an obvious rip and distribute of my client's newsletter that my client sends out mm-hmm. every Tuesday. And uh, she decided, hey, I'm going to call this person on this because I feel that they copied me a little too closely. So she mm-hmm. actually called that person up because they're friends and said, hey, you know, I see you're sending out this new e-newsletter, and it feels a little suspiciously like mine. And the person said, well, yeah, absolutely. You're damn right I copied you because I can tell that you're doing all the right stuff, so why would I reinvent the wheel that somebody else has done successfully? And then it occurred to my wow. client, wow, people look to me <laughs> as a best practice example. That's huge. Yep. Well, the Adam, the other thing off that point, and life is not – so I'm going to go off of this this feeling I'm getting right now during the interview, okay? Yeah. Um, the joy of these interviews – that you do with other guests like me and other people you've had on, and I interview these trailblazers, okay, is I get to pick their brain and just say, wow, what are they doing to get to such a high level in their chosen industry? From an NHL head coach that wins the Stanley Cup to Stossel that's, you know, on Fox television, whether you hate Fox television or not, the guy has influenced millions of people over the last 20 years when he was with ABC and now Fox, okay? Yeah. Uh, W.M. Paul Young, the guy has sold 20 million books of The Shack. It's now a brand-new major motion picture. And I sit there and go, thank you, in my faith walk, Lord. Thank you, Lord, and, and for letting me get these people to give me their time. Let me record it. Let me ask. I don't ask softball questions all the time either. Uh, when I interviewed Dave Lineker, the founder of Remax, and full disclosure, I do a lot of work with Remax. This is years later after I interviewed him. That I, I, right now I work, I do a lot of speaking for them, okay? And yeah. Dave Linegar, this guy built one of the most recognizable brands in the world, Remax, the real estate company, okay? You look at the balloon, everywhere you go in the world, like 100 some odd countries, people know that logo. It's a household brand. Top 10 franchise. I'm just giving you facts here, not because they asked me to say this by any means, okay? But the guy literally in the interviews I've done, I've interviewed him a few times, and you know, we obviously talk about him in the book. He almost quit several times. Remax went through a whole series of lawsuits. They wanted him shut down. This is the 1970s when he started it. He went through a major period of darkness where he had a divorce. I'm not judging him, but this guy had every setback you could imagine telling him to get out. You're competing. He had the big old boys club of all the old real estate firms trying to knock him out because he was trailblazing. And I remember I interviewed him 
year ago live, Adam, at a REMAX event in Denver where their headquarters is at. I interviewed him on stage in front of like 300 people from REMAX. And I said, Dave, we've talked, we've known each other, we, I've interviewed you a few times. Let me ask you a tougher question. I said, after you go through your divorce, you got kids, you and Gail, his wife, his second wife, he's still married her, Gail, um, co-founder REMAX. I said, when did you almost think it was over? And he goes, hmm. And he looked at me point blank, and Dave's a very direct kind of guy. He said, there was a point in the 70s where I had just throw, thrown away my first marriage. I look at Gail one day. I said, look, Gail, if we're going to build this thing called REMAX, I have to hit the road again. I'm going to have to go out and recruit agents. You're going to need to stay at home, handle all the creditors, all the bill collectors, deal with all the family stuff. I'm going to have to hit the road. And I was shocked, Adam Homey, by his candid admission that he had already blown up his first marriage. He had been under attack from all the big boys, the established guard that wanted him put under, thought it was illegal and thought it, Remax was not going to work. Did it, he was a threat. And he had to tell his new wife, hey, guess what? We're hurting financially. I could read through the lines. The whole audience could, Adam. I've got to go on the road now. Please maintain the ship that's sinking. Patch the holes. Why patch the other holes? I've got to go out and build this thing and make it work. No stopping. Right. And my jaw just about dropped on stage because I don't know if he's ever been asked a question to that level. And I'm not trying to bring up the demons of the past to scare people in the audience. That was the moment that I wanted to capture from him. And thank goodness we had a live audience, and we also had that video, and it has never been released. It's at Remax Corporate. The video is a full interview, okay? But I draw that out because that inspired me. I have lived similar points like that in my life, Adam. I've had a divorce. Yeah. I've, had, I've had people say, you're an idiot. I've had my closest family members. I love my family, but a couple of them hate what I do. They can't stand yeah. it. And I can't, I can't worry about that. I've got to follow my mission, my passion, my, my, my goals and drivers. And that's another trait of trailblazers. These trailblazer interviews witness back on me to remind me to keep pushing forward. So writing the book was a joy. I had to dig through a lot of stuff, archives of interviews and pull and copy down, transcripts, repackage, reassemble, narrow it down. And it was a, a work of joy. It wasn't all easy. But when I looked back, when the book was done, I had the first copy and I thought, man, here we go. Who can we help with this? And even in the forward, Dave Linegar, who I was gracious when I asked him, he said, look, I'll do the forward I'll gladly. And within a week, he had the forward done. This is the founder of Remax. This guy's busy. And I asked other people that I knew in the industry, and they were busy or they couldn't do it. But Dave was like, yep, I want to do it. And he said something in there, and I'm going to leave this for curiosity if people want to get the book. Along the lines of, you don't know if this book is going to influence directly who, but it may influence someone to do something huge. You just don't know that. And I was shocked, humbled, floored when he wrote the four of the comments he made. Because this guy has been around the best in the world. He's hired the best speakers on the planet to speak at REMAX conferences. And he's taught around the world for 30 or 40 years. Okay, So that reminded me not to get cocky at him, but we're not alone on this journey. And if anything, I'm still a student. And when I get the chance to interview these folks, I am just – it's a great honor, and I do my homework. I, I read their stuff. I dig in the archives. I ask the tough questions not to make them mad, but I want them to really think. When the chips were way down, 
when you were down to your last dollar, when you, your wife said, I'm out of here, or your husband said, I'm gone, or you got fired after you won the Stanley Cup, what do you do next? Those moments are what life is about. I don't want it when everything's good. I don't want to focus on all that. That's important, but I really want to drive down when you wanted to quit, when you said, I've had it, I got my bills, collectors call me, I got the lights shut off, I got lawyers chasing me down. What did you do to move on and change history and influence yeah. millions? That's what this book is. I've never said it this way, but that's the core, Adam. This is an interview like we're having a cup of coffee as friends right now and we're taping. That's the way I look at our interview yeah. today. And sometimes yeah. these real life conversations, you don't you don't you don't script them, man. And now I've had a couple years to look back on the book since it's self-published. Now we're going to re-release with New York late in the year to go, wow, there's so many new distinctions. And the re-release, I will tell your audience, if they get the book now, not right now, but if they order it in the next few months, maybe you have a collector's item because the New York version is going to be different. It's going to have a couple more additional folks. I may add some people in there, uh, may subtract. We're going to have some new cover artwork. But I've already had people walk up and say, man, I might have the collector's version. I had, hey, I'm honored. Cool. <laughs> I'm grateful that the message has been picked up and we're going to re-release it in a much wider scale. I'll confess to your audience. Um, I tested this book with my clients and audiences on the road the last two years to get a feel before I brought it to New York. Now, we've gotten good, good feedback from the most important person that may read a book, the customer, the client that gives their gift of time and attention. So, the revision of the book, I already know there's going to be some new trailblazers in it, but that's not till late in 17 when we launch. But right now, yeah. this core group of 10 is pretty darn solid, and the wisdom is timeless. Yeah. You know, um, it's, it's funny, all the things you've just mentioned here, and, and I want to thank you for that moment of, of candor and just sharing that with us, because I think you're right. This is one of the, and I agree, this is one of the really great gifts of, podcasting and having the opportunity to do these types of interviews is uh, I remember one time uh, you were in Las Vegas and I was in Las Vegas and we sat down uh, in a, at the, uh, at this uh, pizza place and I believe it was yep. Adelaide Bay. Yep. And, uh, and <laughs> I this remember was literally, this was literally days after I had uh, started going through a really just a ugly breakup. Uh, I mean, not to belabor our audience with the details, but you remember me telling you the story. This was just some ugly crap that was going on. And yep. I had this sort of, you know, fear of, well, what if people find out that I had an ugly breakup? And, and what if they see the situation and, and they hear these stories and they tend to believe them? And, and what does this do for my reputation? What if they find out that I had a failed relationship and all this other stuff? And then, uh, you know, you told me that you would have conversations with people whose names would make you head spin, your head spin, uh, who had stories that made mine look like just, you know, your average high school romance fizzling out in terms of how bad mm -hmm. they were. And then when I, you know, confide the story in a few other people, because, uh, you know, I told, you know, I told my top clients, I told some of my mentors and such, the message I got across the board was, welcome to the club, pal. Yep. Adam, you're in the club. We're all in the club called Adversity. And yes. I didn't know that, Dave, a few years ago I could witness to you and try to help. I didn't know you were going through that. You had the humility to tell me. And, again, we'll keep it safe harbor here because it's a personal item, but 
I think the big point is we all have those seasons, those valleys, and we have those points of incredible high. Or some people listening are on a real good clip where they've been stable for fears or businesses humming along pretty good. And they might say, look, I want to, I want to ratchet up to the next level now. So I never get this holier-than-thou motif with anyone and because I, I know my life has had many valleys and many highs. And people say, what are you, are you most proud of? That's a tough question. You know, instantly I, I think of kids. I think of, you know, my wife, you know. But we all have different seasons that test us on a daily basis. And I, I'm glad you brought that up because I had not forgotten the meeting. I, there's a picture of you and I, I think, from the restaurant having pizza. Yep. And, and catching Don't up. Have it. But I didn't know that that day that that influenced you that way. And I'm also, that wasn't just me. Those were other mentors that influenced me speaking through me, the spirit. Yeah. Hey, what can you impart? Because I've had low points, and I've had other people pick me up. And if you look at what life is all about, we'll never have the whole thing figured out. And let me just say something really candid. We'll never figure out the whole game. It's a quick game if we're blessed to be here. And what we're trying to do is learn every day and know that it's okay to fail. Not that you set out to do that, but you pick yourself back up and you get moving. And, and the, the biggest sin, I believe, strong opinion moment, okay, it's just an opinion, is to get knocked down and quit and say, you know what, I'm just going to quit. I've been quitting. I, I'm, I'm going to walk away. Someone listening today may have an aha. They say, look, I got an old goal, an old dream, an old business idea that I let somebody talk me out of. Then, you know what, I'm going to give it a shot again. I may never know. Adam, you may never know. But years later, they might say, yeah, they, they approach you at an event. They approach me at an event. They say, you know what, I listened to this podcast of Adam's show seven years ago or ten years ago, and it inspired me. We don't know the influence of our word and our message and our story. We just don't know, Adam. So I'm glad to be here on this call. You have been very persistent. And, again, I was not brushing you and your team off. It's no. just been a very busy season, and I've been grateful for it. I'm like, got to get back to Adam, got to get back to Adam. And also, <laughs> before we before we started taping, I was going to maybe wait till late in the year because when we launched with New York. But I said, you know what, let's do this right now. Let's do this right now. And, you know, we all have different time things going on. We're all very busy. Who knows? Maybe this interview we've done right now is going to change a bunch of people. Maybe it just changes one. I already am changed doing this interview with you, Adam. This interview, some of the things you reminded me of, I'm like, wow, I'm getting a gift from you reminding me of things, too. It's a two-way street. That's, that's life. That's knowledge. Wow. I mean, that's, and that's really big. And as you, you and I may recall, when we were in the green room before we went live with this, uh, we were having some troubles making the connection happen. And what is interesting is, uh, is while we were on the call here, because this is one of those very rare episodes of the Business Creators Radio Show, that I've been forced to conduct using my smartphone. Well, it turns out my Internet's down, so that's why we were having yep. problems. Normally, I go through Skype, and I get a crystal clear connection. And if Skype doesn't work, I have this other webcasting I can use. So I tried that. didn't work either. Switched to the cellular. Had to move around the room a little bit. Finally got a connection we could get by with. And five minutes into our interview, thank goodness I was able to log in and hit the record button. So the recording is going on is for the iTunes replay is my internet connection's down. There's nothing I can do about it right now. But uh, mm -hmm. it's just that persistence, and we knew that this is a very important topic we had to bring before the audience. We made it happen. Yeah. Good job, Adam. <laughs> Good work. Absolutely. So we have about uh, 10 minutes here. Time is really flying. Uh, 
So what part of what I'm referring to here is, you know, what I'm thinking about is, uh, you know, why are patients' productive habits and persistence such essential traits to sustain, excuse me, I hate this word, sustain, because I trip over all the time, sustain success despite being in the world with short attention spans and instant everything thinking. Boy, let me tell you, somebody's Internet goes down, they start screaming at their monitor like, I dare you! And then we're supposed to have patience and productive habits and persistence. So uh, this may be self-evident that you have a way with words to tell us why is it so important. Well, it's a it's a it's a pretty complex question. So let me draw what I the the gist of what I think you're trying to ask. If I heard you right, Adam, it's how do you keep persistent in a world that is very short attention span and very yeah. digital? Is that kind of what you're thinking? Exactly. Okay. Um, let me be candid. And life's easier this way. It's not easy. It does take work. Um, anyone that tries to sell you, here's what you know. I've said online publicly, and you've seen some of my Facebook and Instagram posts. Um, we live in a world where everybody wants a 10-year marketing problem solved in 60 seconds. Let me repeat that. We live in a world where everybody wants a 10-year marketing problem solved in 60 seconds. Yes. That is not mean-spirited. That's all of us. We're in an instantaneous text, Skype, Snapchat world. I have three teenagers. The only way I can communicate with my kids, first and foremost, is Snapchat. Real time, boom, boom, here we go. And I struggle with this because I'm like, man, what about the good old days where we could just send letters and phone call each other and make meetings live? Now you've got social media. You've got texting. The world became very instantaneous. I just snapped my finger in the phone. Everyone wants that right now. <laughs> We got Amazon, you know, Amazon, I, I, I live, I've done some work, full disclosure, with one of Amazon's divisions, okay, years ago in their audio teams. And what's fascinating, if you look at what Amazon has done on top of the Internet technology, and I'll come back to why this is important with persistence, it's trained us to have way too much choice delivered to us right now almost in real time. And what Amazon is working on, it's also public record because they're publicly traded, is they're doing day delivery, same day. So we as consumers are getting spoiled by all this, especially in the Western civilized world, the democracies, you look at Europe, the U.S., Canada, where we can have all this in real time. And what it presents, the challenge on top of the opportunity, it's a two-sided coin here. There's a, we live in an age of paradox. I mean, I learned that from Dennis Waitley years ago when I was sitting in a seminar room with Dennis Waitley. Dennis Waitley did a whole book on the age of paradox. It's gotten infinitely more paradoxical because technology giveth all this choice, all this speed, all this convenience, but it taketh away the ability to focus. When you talk about persistence, it, it's, it's one of those things that we all have habits that are productive and we have habits that are negative. And I can tell you one thing that I really, I'm going to be real direct here again. It's transparent with your audience. Um, there was a point the last few months where I felt like, man, I'm on social media too much. I have to. I, have, I had a valid excuse. I have three pages. I have clients. I have a coaching Facebook page that's private. I, yep. I have event pages, and I and I've gotten better at delegating certain components. But I was starting to be on it too much, and I'm thinking, you know what? The last few days, essentially, I've changed, and I'm going to try to make this a habit where I only go on at certain points throughout the day. I get in. I get out. 
something that's brand new as we re- record this interview. Um, I don't wake up and look at my social media in the morning right away. I won't. I go to the gym. I do my goals. If I'm flying in the morning, I'm usually on airplanes or in airports or time changes. I'm going to try and not look at my, my online Instagram, Facebook, and all that for the first couple of hours for a variety of reasons. Not getting pulled into it, not drawn in people's gossip, their drama. I don't want to see that when I wake up. The other thing I'm doing on the same point is at night. I'm going to do my best an hour before I go to bed, and I've been doing this the last few days. It's been kind of interesting. Don't touch it. Don't look at it because I don't want to plant those types of messages in my mind before I, I rest. So that's a strategy in real time I'm sharing with your audience. It may be of value to some. It may not. But to be persistent, you got to watch it. you got to monitor it. you got to see, you know what, am I having a downtime? Do I need to phone a friend? Do I need to talk to a coach, hire a coach? Do I need to read a book? Do I need to go to a church service? What do I have around me inspiring me versus what do I have around me that's bringing me down? And people say, well, social media, yeah, you can choose your friends and all that. You still have friends that air out their crap on social media. You love them, but you're like, man, I'm getting drained. i got to shut this stuff off. Yeah. So I really am a big believer that you have to defend your mind and reprogram it daily. Let me repeat, daily. And I know when I don't, boy, I can get into unproductive things. You know, it's just no one's perfect. No one's perfect. And so many people I see on the speaking circuit um, are, are they're, they're not authentic, Adam. You know this. And yes, what, I what do. The world wants, what the world wants is authenticity. They're begging for it. Be real. You know, my speaking style, my writing style has changed a lot the last few years because I've grown. I haven't been perfect, but I'm okay to reveal more of Tony who I am. Yeah. You know, I have a life. I have kids. I have an ex-wife. I have a new wife. I have business partners. I have key clients. I have former clients. I have tragedy. I have adversity. And I don't want to bring somebody down by revealing all that at one time. But so they know this guy's human. And right. I'm, I'm in the game of life and grateful for it. I'm going to do the best I can. And if I can inspire or teach or give you that one idea or two to help you be better, um, to who your tribe is or your clients or your family. If you know, something I say helps you get a customer or inspires you to try the idea that helps you get more revenue, that directly helps you with your family to go on a trip or fund their college, everything is interconnected, everything in life. And I think this new book, we bring it back to the core of why you asked me on this call, is that these trailblazers are not all conventional and they're not all business people. But they all have these seven characteristics in common, and they're all very human. And they're loaded, Adam, as you know, with even more failure than most of us could tolerate to get to where they're at. They've seen the craziest stuff, and they've just kept going and going, and they were relentless. They were persistent. They kept marching on a day at a time, day at a time. I interviewed Seth Godin. Seth is one of the trailblazers. Okay, Seth, brilliant. I've got one of the top business blogs in the world. I've interviewed him a couple times. But Seth said something in my first interview. He said, look, there was a point in time, I'm paraphrasing this, where for like five years, I was so broke, I would window shop in New York. I couldn't afford anything. And I thought, what? I didn't say that in the interview? But I'm thinking, Seth Golden? This guy is brilliant. He's all these best-selling books. He's very financially independent, revered. You're kidding me. 
he had that many years of adversity where he was basically broke. I was shocked. And I didn't judge him differently, but a whole new yeah. perspective, totally different perspective. This guy had to struggle, kick, claw, fail to become one of the best in the world. And that was the big takeaway from that. I'm like, wow, he's just like all of us. Yeah. You know, and as I say to people all the time, uh, yeah, and we have about five minutes left here, so I'm going to turn you know, to you with one more question here in just a moment. Uh, what I say to people all the time is you, you go on social media and you see these people sharing all their pictures that are off on vacations and their perfect lives, and, and they're saying, uh, I just got – 785% conversion return on investments and turn my clients $20 into 186000 through one webinar. Okay? Mm-hmm. You're looking at their highlight reel. You don't yep. see what's on their cutting room floor. You, however, are cutting your own footage so you know full well what you're sniffing out. Uh, the funny thing is, is uh, – that uh, person who got their client $186,000 on the webinar may be looking at you and they say, man, that, that Tony, he really seems to have it all together. My life is just one emergency after another. How can I learn from uh, Tony over there who's got it all organized? But you don't know that because you're looking at their highlight reel and you're seeing your own footage on your own cutting room floor. Adam, that is, man, that's profound. Wow. You just threw down some wisdom there that I hadn't thought about. Well, so, thank you. Want my perspective on that? Yeah. Okay. Um, have not heard it put that way, and I totally agree. Not because we're friends. I'm pretty active on social media for a number of years, and I know some of the best behind the curtain because I do events. As you know, I interview some of the best as well, and I can try to connect dots pretty quick and know that, hey, I kind of do the same thing, Adam. Uh, you know, it's human nature. You don't want to reveal all the dark stuff. Let me give you an example. If I put on social media or did Facebook Live some of my life that I don't like to, to do but I have to do the hard work, people would be like, what is he, really? Like he's sitting at a Starbucks on a Sunday afternoon for three hours doing editing when it's beautiful and it's 80 degrees where he lives outside. Why is he not outside enjoying life? Well, things got to get done. And it's not always rosy. It's not always the ultimate highlight reel of where everything is easy and everything is successful. But social media is tough. And some people, you know, are more comfortable to reveal everything. That's their choice. Again, it's social media. Okay? It's social. Right. People, they can, they, it's, it's wide open. They can go religion to politics to arts to causes to kids' photos and cat pictures. So it's a wide range. However, what I'm learning the last few days, Adam, with this new regimen that I want to make into a habit, man, I don't kind of miss it. Is that, does that make sense, Adam? I just don't – I kind of feel like, man, I feel a little bit more energized because I'm not tuning into that stuff before I go to bed and in the morning time early. And it's a habit that I like to see tested out. It's early and say, you know what, maybe this is going to make you more productive. And, you know, I've got to watch my time because it's so addictive. Let's just cut to the chase. Social media is is like a drug for a lot of people. That hit of going on and then people compare and they reflect back. They put their best photos. They they count their likes. They count how many followers. And part of me, as I get older, goes, that's cool to an extent. But after a while, I go, i got to get work done here. 
And yeah. I have folks that will hammer me that say, you're not on Twitter. Well, I may go on Twitter at some point. But right now, my primary channels, I have an e-newsletter. I do Facebook. Yep. And I do Instagram. And I multi-purpose exactly. and I have people help me shuffle around. But I can't worry about if I'm on Twitter or not. And I had I joke with one guy, and this may be a writer on it. He's a real good social media guy here in Spokane, Washington. A friend of mine too, really good with Twitter. He built his wine business up really well with Twitter. And one day he goes, Tony, he goes, when are you gonna get on Twitter? And his name is Josh. He says, Hey Josh, when are you gonna get your book done? You've been telling me about for three years. He goes, Touche. He goes, Touche. And he's actually hired me to work with him a little bit in the past. So I find that funny that we all have strengths and weaknesses, and the social media, um, you nailed it. It's how much time do we give it and how much priority in our head. How much space is it going to rent from us before it's either positive or negative or a downer maybe, even more so. So I'm glad we're talking about this, Adam, because I don't think I've ever had this kind of conversation about social media, even in front of an audience. But um, I'm learning here, man, and I want to change certain things to be more productive to help more people. Yep. Well, we're near the top of the hour, but I want to make one quick response to that. Um, As far as the so-called news that we see on the media and what have you, I check the news about a half hour a day at the time of my choosing. I check a wide Mm -hmm. variety of outlets, and I try and get the best uh, answers that I can to what's going on. That's all you really need. Remember a few weeks ago when uh, we sent some tomahawks into Afghanistan, or rather Syria, and blew up at airports? I was at a cigar function. And one of my friends starts messaging me, and I get on the messenger, oh, my God, do you see what's happening? Uh, we're bombing Syria. And I said, really? I didn't know. Tony, mm-hmm. I really didn't know. I, that's, yeah. how, that's how far away I keep that stuff. I hadn't checked the news yet that day. I was at a party. I was enjoying the party. And I said, you yep. sure? What's really going on? And they said, uh, President Trump is on TV right now explaining what, I did, what he did. And I said, oh, cool, and Trump explained it to you. I'll check him out later. I really yep. did not want to know because it wasn't my time to check that. And that's how I keep my balance. Amen. Adam, this has been a lot of fun, man. Um, like I said, yeah. thank you for letting me come on the show. And, and those that have listened this far, um, thank you for your time and attention. Do you want me to recommend where they can find any the book, or do you want to give that, that was my information? Last, that was my last question. We're about uh, down to about 45 seconds. So tell me, where can they pick up this book, man? <laughs> Well, thank you, sir. Um, you simply go to mindcapturebook.com. So M-I-N-D, capturebook.com. Um, there's a couple cool things on there. It's pretty self-explanatory. Um, and also you can have access to all the downloads of the interviews. And for your audience, until we get the new book released, we ship them directly to my office. I will autograph your orders. If you order a book or two, I sign every book. And um, I might put a little bonus in there if you mention the show. So Again, mindcapturebook.com. That's the only place you can get it anywhere in the world. Uh, that's a whole other phone call. But until we re-release it, um, I just want to thank everybody for their time. Get the book. Check it out. I'm pretty sure that the interviews will definitely, if you like what you heard Adam and I talk about, will definitely enhance your life more. You bet. So right at the top of the hour, Tony Robleski, thank you so much for being with us today. It's been an honor and an education. You are welcome, my friend. Keep up the good work. You then, for everybody listening, this is Adam Homey, host of the Business Creators Radio Show. Please check out our previous and our upcoming episodes at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com, where we help you win in the game of business and marketing. Until next time, have a great day. 
Take care.